first question was, why would Hashem actually do this to himself? In other words, why would Hashem punch himself in the face using the analogy of the Gemara or in any way kind of restrict himself, make himself forget who he is and then sort of put himself into the setting? What's the reason that Hashem would even do that? What, what would drive Hashem to do that? What's the motivation? What's the purpose? What's the goal of that? That's the first question. Okay, it's a great question. So um, first of all, I just, uh, I'm happy you quoted it the way I like to always say it. It makes me laugh every time I think about that imagery. There's also a number of other Gemaras that, that's really just referencing a concept called Simtsum. Simtsum means Hashem kind of like constricting himself and uh, that's the process of forgetting who he really is. There's a lot more to talk about with that. Um, your question as to why, why would Hashem do that? So I want to just, I'm not gonna be able to answer this super fully, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of direction in terms of how to think about it, which is there's two kinds of why in the Torah. Okay, so the first, I know you guys are laughing over there. It's making me very distracted. Um, the, uh, the, the two kinds of why, the one word for it is the word lama, and the other word is the word madua. So those two words are extremely distinct, okay? So I'll give you an analogy. One of my teachers, right, David Foreman, used to always say this analogy. I always love this. Um, he says, there's a guy named Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb. He's like, so you could ask, why did Thomas Edison invent the light bulb? Why did he do it? So he's always like, there's really two different kinds of why that you could be asking when you say that. One kind of why is you could be asking, well, why did he invent it? And you'll answer and say, in order to make light. That's why he invented the light bulb. Like, is there another answer? Like, that's the reason to make the light bulb, to make light. And then there's another answer, which is, well, he invented the light bulb because his mom always said to him that he's never going to amount to anything, he's never going to succeed, and he's just going to be a nobody. So in order to prove her wrong, he went and invented the light bulb. So you see how those are two very different kinds of answers? Like, the first answer is what we would call lama in the Torah. Lama means lima. It means to what end? Like, what is the purpose of this whole thing? Like, where is this going? What's the point of it? So the, the lama of creating the light bulb was to make light. That's the point of it. Madua, though, is a, is a question of de'a. So you're trying to sort of know what's the, the behind. So lama is kind of like almost forward-looking. Madua is like what came before. And so when you're asking why, you're, what you're really asking in the way that I experienced your question is you're sort of asking, well, why would Hashem, like what does Hashem need? What is he trying to get that he doesn't have? Or like what's kind of, what's behind this whole project? So I'm going to say something that's a gigantic, like this is again, this is like a two hour discussion by itself. But the short answer is that by, de not just by definition, like you could think of it as there is no such thing as that question. <laughs> Now, I don't just mean because we don't know it, we can't understand. I don't mean like that. I mean like literally, there is no such thing as that. So I'll, I'll just kind of give you one analogy to sort of hammer that home a little bit. Um, again, the Lama is what I just said this whole talk was about. Like, what's the purpose to, to unfold this you know, journey of, of remembering who he is, to sort of constantly express Hashem's capacity for process and progress that, that Hashem is truly endless. He can actually be completely you know, endless and infinite while also being totally um, process-oriented and finite going stage by stage, remembering, remembering, growing, changing. So Hashem can do both of those things, and that's we're the side of things that is the changing process, you know, expansion side. But on the on the side of the Madua, there isn't one at all, and that's because this whole, you know, thing that we're experiencing was what we'll call a totally free um, design. In other words, there was nothing that came before that in that sense. And we're just very attached to the question of Madua because since we live as process creatures, we have a, you know, a, we live in a series of stages through the phases of time that basically give us this, this experience and perception that there's one thing leading to another since we live that way. So we're always looking for what came before. And it's very hard to grasp the idea of complete freedom where there is nothing that motivates at all because the idea of motivation implies 
like a lack of something, and I'm trying to get that, and there isn't that with Hashem. There's a very uh, important medrash in Sefer Bereshit, in Parshas Bereshit, that says that when Hashem created existence, so it was like there's four different parallels. It says that there's the, the way that Hashem sort of um, relates to existence is with the word of what's called Tishuka. Tishuka is the word. Tishuka means like a need. That's how it's usually translated, a need. So it says, well, the way, when Hashem created existence, so like, you know, what, what's that like? It's like the Tishuka that rain has for land. Hashem has that same Tishuka for existence. And you're kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Like, you know, land needs rain. And so Hashem needs existence. But if you actually read the language that it says, it doesn't say that. It says the Tishuka that the rain has for the land. So what it's saying is that the rain actually needs the land. And similarly, Hashem needs existence. That's how, if you translate the word Tishuka as need. So what exactly does that mean? What is Tishuka? So it's actually from the word Nishika, which means to kiss, and from the word Neshek, which is like a weapon, which is a point. Basically, it's, it's about points of contact. So a Tishuka means, you could think of it as like um, a, a, a drive that's based on fullness. In other words, what rain is trying to do is it's trying to actualize something inside of the ground. It's like by expressing itself towards the ground, it, it overflows out of the sky, the ground starts to generate things, and the rain is now expressed through that. That is literally what we just described this whole shear. It was basically like Hashem is actualizing himself. He's literally raining down little seeds of himself, and then they grow up to be us. It's crazy. So that's that's what a tishuka actually is. Hashem, it's like this, it's a bridge between like the overflowing um, source and then sort of like being actualized across the bridge on the other end in this process of reception. So that's what that Medrash is talking about. And it's very hard for us to even begin to grasp the idea of an overflowing source that doesn't have a beginning, that there is nothing like that. So I'll just give you one last experiential analogy for that also, which is if you try in your mind to go all the way up your thoughts to that place that I said, you know, where the place where your Ratzon is, and try to actually feel where your thoughts are coming from. You know, like right before they sort of come out, like, where are they? There's like this, almost like this wall. And it's like, oh, thoughts just sort of come out of that wall. Like, try to go to that wall. And then try to imagine what's behind that wall. So what you're doing is you're trying to access a non-thing existence with a thing-oriented mind. There's no way to do that. And it's kind of like if you, get the, if you go to the very edge of the universe and the edge of space and try to think about what's outside of that, the idea of outside does not apply because outside is only a concept inside of space. Or if you try to go back in time to the beginning of time and say, well, if there's five seconds, let's say you're five seconds after the Big Bang, you say, let's go back 10 seconds now earlier to negative five seconds. Like, you're, what was there before the Big Bang? What was there before time began? There's no such thing as that because you can't have the concept of before if we're not talking about within time. There's no such thing as the concept of before there. These things do not, they fall apart at that point. So the concept of Madua cannot be answered in a real way because Madua implies that you're taking a, a, a system-based way of thinking and applying it outside of the system, outside, right? Can't use the word outside. And it's something which just falls apart. Now, it doesn't mean you can't touch that a little bit. In fact, all my examples were designed just now to sort of make you feel the craziness of that. So you could a little bit touch the Wow, like that's that's the edge of, of my of my way of being. I can't even think about that. It makes me crazy to think that. So that's what's called imratz libcha. If your heart starts to run, so shuv lamakom. It's a gemara and brachos. Also quoted in the When you start to go crazy like that, you go back to the uh, to the um, you know the the root of things. And we'll not explain what that means right now. But the point is, a little bit of a taste of how to answer that. Hope that was not too crazy as a uh, tangent side point. <laughs> Other questions? Yeah, sure. Um, Zoe, what's up? <laughs>